0: Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve. All right. Hold your Bibles up. You know what we're gonna do. Say this with me out loud. This is my Bible. I declare it's the living word of God. Has the power to change lives. And I declare by faith that my life and the life of those around me. Will be changed by the word. All right. Go to the book of Romans. Book of Romans. If you're new to Jesus, find the Gospels in the middle of the Bible and go right. Romans chapter 14. No, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 2. Uh, now, this morning we're going to step forward in what we believe God is calling us to do as a people and what He wants from us. How many of you want to know what God wants? Huh? Because when we find out what God wants, it always supersedes what we want, and we end up with what we need. If all we do is we pursue what we want, we end up with what we want, and it's never enough for what we need. So getting what we need is to pursue what He wants, not what we want, then we get what not what we want, but what we need. I'm done. Okay, okay. I won't say it again. Okay. So um, let's read, uh, we're going to read uh, Romans chapter... Uh, 2, and we're going to read verse 15. Watch this. I'm just going to jump on one word today, one verse, and he says, which show the work of the law written where? On their hearts, not on their brain, on their heart. Watch this. Their conscience also bearing them witness. So in other words, our conscience is our witness. Hmm? Because people are watching not just what we do, but why we do it. We sometimes we think people are dumb; they're not dumb. They're smarter than we think. So, what's what he says? Their conscience also bearing witness. Their thoughts, the meanwhile, accusing or excusing one another. Now that's a mouthful, but today I want to talk about some very famous last words. Um. Poignant, funny, sad, weird, all kinds of things, last words can make an impact on what's going on in our life, and it does have an impact, and as we shuffle through life, we come to a point in our life where everybody has a last word. Now, that's a last final word, but I'm talking about the last word in a given situation or in a circumstance. So it's poignant, it's funny, it's sad, maybe weird. The last words can make the impact as we shuffle through our life to the end of life. We're all moving towards the end of life and this life because we're already locked into eternity. We're already in eternity. So as we shuffle through, let me give you a, a couple of classic examples of final last words Of people that you may or may not know during your lifetime, but you've heard the name, and it's very telling, the very last thing a person says before they die. For instance, let me give you the first example. Y'all remember the actress and comedian Betty White? Betty White's final word was, she calls out to her late husband, Alan Ludden. So in other words, The very last thing she says before she leaves this life is, Alan, I miss you, Alan. And so, that's indicative of what was really running her life. That's where her hope was. Let's try Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra's last word was, oh no, I'm losing it. Now, that's that's, uh, pretty telling. Losing it? How about... Your last words being, I'm going home. Huh? No, he felt like he was losing it. A powerful, influential man. What about W.C. Fields, the famous comedian? Last, listen to what he said. Damn the whole world and everybody in it. Last words. Last words he carries into eternity. Another famous actress way long ago for so many of you, Joan Crawford. She said, damn it, don't you dare ask God to help me. Now, what does that say about her, her life, how she lived her life? Let me do a couple more. This is a a, a good one. Some of you remember Bob Marley. Bob Marley, he said, money can't buy you life. Oh, how true. How many of you know you've heard the saying, you know, you don't get to take everything with you. The only thing we take with us is what we did for the kingdom of God. Everything else is left behind. One last one you all hopefully will remember is Todd Beamer. Last recorded words, Flight 93, September 11th. Are you guys ready? Let's roll. And he saved, and the people on that plane saved thousands of people, even though they lost their lives. So in the process, we understand that final last words are crucial. What's on our heart when we die is what comes out our mouth. The Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth does what? It speaks. So in the process, Will Rogers... And uh, he told the joke, most of you remember, when he was asked, Will Rogers uh, said, uh, well, you know, what's your, what would be your what would be your final words? And he says, final words, my final words, I hope would be, and they, they were asking him, how do you want to die? And he said, I want to die in my sleep, not like the people in the backseat. Did you get that? He was driving a car, and so in the process, he's joking about it, and I hope Will Rogers made it into the kingdom. We'll know when we get there, but in the process, it's poignant, it's funny, it's sad, and can even be weird, final last words, but we have to think about this because last words are revealing and they're telling as people shuffle through life into eternity. The Bible says from the abundance of our heart, how we've been living our life is what's going to come out of us as the final definition of who we really are. And in the process, it's important that, you know, matter of fact, how many of you remember the TV game show, uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? remember that one? Some of you may not be old enough to remember that one. That's scary, but is that your final answer? Remember what Regis Philbin would say? They'd ask a question. they go through a series of questions if you've not watched the show. they go through a series of questions and each question has multiple answers and they have to choose one of the multiple answers and they start from several thousand dollars all the way up to the million dollar question. Hence the name of the show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And they'd be asked a question and then they would present on the screen multiple choices for answers. And what would happen is they would get a chance to pick one of those answers. And when they picked one of those answers, remember what Regents would say? Is that your final answer? Very important. And so what would they do? is they'd go on in the show, and uh, they would reveal, but they before they picked one of those multiple choices, they had a chance to make a lifeline call. Do you remember that? They could call anybody they wanted to and ask them live on television what they thought the answer is. Now, if you put that in spiritual terms, the last thing I want is to have to call somebody else to get the right answer. I want to live the answer. I want to know the answer for myself. I want to say to Regis, dude, I don't need a phone call. I already know what my answer is, and so in the process, we understand that there was recently um, a young pilot who, who died, and uh, I won't belabor the story, but the airline industry has gone through an incredible crisis, and in that crisis, they had begun to, the airline industry have been, begun to cut back on the training of their pilots. It's a fact. Google it. And you'll find out that they started cutting back, not that they were, weren't teaching them to fly, it's just they were cutting back on emphasizing certain issues in a very specific manner. And the shortcuts lowered the standards for the training of the new pilots. And as this new pilot plane was now in crisis... At 6,600 feet. The plane went into what seemed to be a dive. The pilot evidently misinterpreted, and this young pilot pulled back on the yoke to raise the nose. Now, if I've got it backwards, it doesn't matter. If he, they were in a climb and he pushed the yoke forward to dive, he was going on his feelings rather than facts. And in doing so, the plane and everyone in it, but it was a cargo plane, so it wasn't full of people, plunged 6,600 feet at 500 miles an hour. And they only had 12 seconds for their final words. And in that 12 seconds, he would mutter the final words of his life. And what he'd say is, he'd turn to the Lord. And he had 16 seconds. He said, "I give my soul to you, Jesus." And the 12 seconds would be something just like this. 12 seconds. It's over. Is that your final answer? And to understand that 12 seconds... Sometimes people don't even get that much. And to know for a fact the truth, the reality of what our answer is. The answer can't be, oh, oh, I'm I I, I have 12 seconds and I go to church. That ain't gonna work. Oh, I read my Bible. That twelve seconds gives you an opportunity. To express where your heart really is, whether it really is and has been surrendered to Jesus or not, and to realize that the message that we bear in our hearts as a gift from God to us, and then not only to us, but through us, to communicate to other people that hopefully They will listen carefully to the message of the gospel as people like you and I share the message of truth. And we share the reality of the gospel, the saving grace of Jesus. And it's not religion, it's a relationship. What do we do as the clock ticks and eternity is rushing forward at us right now? Eternity is rushing at us right now. None of us know, myself included. That we may not end up in a situation? And what's our final answer? Have we taken the time to really, really evaluate the fact that you and I have the message? We have have the answer. That every time we have the opportunity and someone is before us, that we look at their life as unbelievers and we realize we may be their lifeline phone call. We may be the one that has the answer for them and how we respond to them and how we treat them and how we love them and how we care for them. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity isn't about getting us to heaven. Christianity, is once you have your ticket punched, you already know where you're going. It's now incumbent upon us to share that message with others to let other people know of His saving grace. And you may be sitting here or watching on the live feed. And you may be like that young man, and your life is in a cancer-filled plane, going down, a heart disease, an alcoholic, a drug-induced life of perversion and perverseness and hatred and shame and all of those things in your life, and your life is plunging. And you only have so much time. And so in the process, we want to understand that, that as that pilot's life, his, his tunnel vision, he focused down on one thing, and that was eternity. And what do we do in any given crisis in life? Maybe your financial plane is plunging, marital, maybe your physical plane, maybe your marital plane is plunging, maybe your are emotional or, or whatever the case is. What is the answer that we carry within us, that we have a hope within us? That we have eternal life and we know where we're going and we're living in this life and no matter what life throws at us, it cannot take from us the gift of the assurance of knowing we have a life with Jesus after this life. (laughs) Nothing in life can take it from us. Life is brief. It can be so brief and it can happen so quick. Um... Years ago, probably six years ago, I got a call at 3 a.m. in the morning and uh, from dispatch. And there was a a brutal accident in the valley, and a car had turned sideways on the two-lane road. And... Somehow lost control as they went around a curve and was sliding sideways. Another car coming this direction had no chance, going 60 probably miles an hour, 55, 60 miles an hour, no chance, split second, boom, T-bones, T-bones the car, (coughs) bang. And the call is we need officer assistance. It wasn't that the officers needed my help to try to save the lives, but what took place was at the incident, the car that was T-boned exploded into flames, and it was a convertible and the man was trapped. It just happened to be that when the accident happened, just ahead of them were two officers P.D. officers, and they had just come back from dropping a prisoner off at jail, and they were on this road when it happened, and they saw it happen. They got out and they began to do what they could to help as traffic stopped both directions. One officer got out to help the couple in the car that T-boned the car, and they were trapped. They couldn't get out, while this car that was T-boned is now on fire. And the convertible and the man in it are about to burn. One officer goes to work on the passengers on the driver's side to try to extract the two people from the car that had rammed. And they were doing their best, and they couldn't get the people out. The other officer stands there as the man is screaming, get me out, help me, I don't want to die. And there was nothing he could do but watch. The other officer called for his help. He was frozen watching this man die. The other officer calls him, calls him out by name, come, I need your help. He runs back behind the car that had been that t bone the other car, and back there, this officer calls out, go to the guy in the pickup truck, face this direction, and see if he's got a rope or a chain or something. See if you can pull this car away from this car, because this car is about to explode in flames, and they can't extract those two people. And so the officer commandeers the pickup, and the guy has a chain. And with the chain, they wrap it around, connect it somehow, I don't know exactly how, to the front of the pickup, pull the pickup truck, and now this officer has to crawl under the vehicle and wrap the chain around the axle and connect it. And as he's doing so, the gas tank of that car had ruptured and was dripping gasoline. And he was laying in gasoline. And he wraps the chain around the, v, the, the axle of the car and crawls out. And they were able to pull the car away and save the two people. The tragedy there was, and I was called to try to assist as a psychologist was coming to try to walk him through the fact that he was so traumatized I remember him saying, Joplin, the only thing I could think of was my brand new baby daughter. That I was going to die. I was going to burn to death like the man I just watched burn to death. And you know, I walked away a train wreck myself. Because I, didn't, I had no idea what to say to him. I had no What do you say? The only thing I could say to him is, sir, do you know where you're going? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I do, chaplain. I'm a Christian. I said, then you know what, son? You've done everything you can do. And at some point in life, I bring that story up. I haven't told that for years. Susan's the only one I've told it to. But when I came out of that, I kept thinking to myself as I drove home that night, after we sat with him for hours and with the psychologist, and I finally was able to leave. On my way home, I just remember sitting in my in my in my car truck—I don't remember which one I was driving at the time—and just thinking, "Oh God, God, the fires of hell." Where's my passion to tell people that there's a message of grace and love and mercy, of healing and deliverance, freeing people from shame and fear, that you, you don't have to be religious, all you have to do is be willing. That Jesus, forgive me for not being bold enough to do what that man did, that officer did that's to crawl under somebody's burning life and throw them a lifeline? What is it that breaks our heart? What is it that causes us to say, I cannot, I will not, and I shall not be silent. I won't be arrogant. I won't be bold. I'm not going to put my finger in somebody's face and accuse them. God knows the last thing people need is to be accused of being sinners like they don't already know it. That what God is looking for is a people like yourselves, like all of us, like the churches in this community that are coming together for tonight to, it doesn't matter how many people it is coming, we're coming together to say, we have the chain, It's hooked up to the kingdom pickup truck, and we are here to tell everybody we're going to give you the message of grace. We're going to pull you out of the potential fire that you may live your life in mercy and grace. We will not be silent. We will not be quiet. You can't stop us. You can threaten us. You can take away our resources. You can take away our freedom, but you can't. Take the kingdom from us. We'll tell everybody, everywhere, everything. Oh my goodness. The prophet Ezekiel said this. You've heard me quote it so many times. I think it was in chapter 33. He makes a statement about how the people of God were living at the time. And he says, How then shall we live? Are we going to live our lives following the pattern of church? Or are we going to live our lives according to the pattern of the kingdom? It's not about building churches. It's not about people sitting in seats. It's not about checks and offerings. It's not about who's good at what. It's not about anything but telling people what he has done for you. You think you don't have a testimony? If you know where you're going when you die, you have a testimony, and all you have to do is offer that testimony to the presence of the person of the Holy Spirit, and he will empower you to touch people. He will show you who to be kind to and who to step forward to. It's not that you're not kind to everybody but a holy boldness come upon us that if we really do believe that Jesus is coming back in our lifetime, how can we be quiet? How can we stand behind a burning vehicle with live people in it and be silent? I I don't believe we will. I don't believe that for one moment our fear of what the world may do to us no matter what happens in the white house no matter what happens to the economy no matter what they you know what I, if they want to set the church of jesus christ on fire try to close it you try to close it and you know what we'll do we'll take it where it should be out in the streets burning alive in front of people sometimes if you dare and i don't suggest you do you drive the streets of Hemet late at night, and you see what's going on, prostitutes and johns, drug deals, gangbanging. That's where our heart's at. That's where our heart should be. And if we understand this, we'll leave here today, and we'll come back tonight. And this is not a push just to get you here. You understand that when we come together tonight, this is an all-out declaration by churches that we are going to war for the lost, and we are going to surrender our lives in every way possible, but then let me close with this. Do you know where you're going in the last 12 seconds of your life? and your life is plunging towards the ground. Do you know? Do you have any doubt? Because if you have any doubt, you know about him, but you don't know him. And the only way you can know him is to invite him in as your Lord and Savior. Say, I want to be born again. I want your presence in my life. And I want to be everything you've designed me to be. And that's not go to church. That's that you have Jesus in your heart. So, Do you know where you're going when you die? If you don't, we're going to give you a chance. Would you bow your head? Heavenly Father, that your grace and your love and your mercy would prevail here this morning want to ask you this question, even if you're watching on the live feed. I didn't ask you if you go to church. I didn't ask you if you read your Bible. I didn't ask you anything but this. Do you know where you're going when you die? If you don't, no matter how much you know about Jesus, it hasn't taken root. And right now, Jesus is wrapping a chain around the axle of your life. And if you'll allow him, he'll free you from your ignorance of eternity. And if you don't know where you're going when you die, this is your chance. Just say, it doesn't, it's not going to church. It just say, Jesus, I want to know. I want to know what that young pilot knew into your hands, Lord Jesus. I give you my soul. If you don't know, every head bow, please, and every eye closed. I'm going to come down your aisle. And if that's you, and you don't know when you want to know, then you simply look up at me. And when you look up at me, if I don't point right at you and you're looking at me, that means I can't see you. And if you, if you don't know where you're going and you want to know, don't miss this chance. You'll never have a better one. The clock is ticking. Time could be running out for you. Over here. If I don't see you and you're looking at me, you raise your hand. Over here. Over here. And over here. Are you looking at me for that, sir? No. Would you look up, church? Bless the Lord. Every one of us know where we're going. And you know what? I am so excited about what I think is about to happen because the revival, I believe, is going to come. is not going to be containable in a building. It's not going to be, I don't care how big the building is. It's going to be explosive. It's going to, it's going to invade every area of our community. And so tonight, if you can't come, don't feel guilty. Don't, don't, don't feel guilty. Just take what we've talked about this morning to heart. And when you're in a restaurant today, and be kind. When you're in a store shopping, be gracious. Look for an opportunity. All you have to do is look in some people's eyes, and I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit will remind you of. You'll look at some people, and you'll be talking to them, and you'll start remembering the last 12 seconds. And you'll know God's telling you. Give them a chance. I'm excited about what God's going to do. I'm looking forward to it. Sober morning, but an exciting morning because we're about to see the greatest move of God this valley has ever seen. And we're going to be a part of it. Give Him a praise if you believe that. Before we close, if you're watching on the live feed, we want you to know that Jesus can come into your life even through a television screen or a phone or laptop or whatever the case is. If you've made that commitment and you don't know where to go to church, then call area code 951-658-0717, and we'll be happy to help you. I don't care what state you're in. If we got enough connections. I'll find you a good church in whatever state you're in. And we appreciate you. We love you. God bless you. Church, would you stand? Come on. let Get a hold of somebody, a hoof, a paw, or a claw. Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you, and we are believing God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.